Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, y'all. What's poppin'? Welcome to Let's Chat. Hey, T, how are you? Hey, Lisa girl, how you doing? You know I'm running as usual, but it's good to be here on Let's Chat. Here in the chat room on a Wednesday night. Welcome, everybody. My name is Tony. And I am Alicia, and we're going to be chopping it up today with some fabulous, fabulous guests. We got Brown Girls Publishing, uh, one of their fabulous authors, Meredith Greenwood, in the chat room today. And then we have mm-hmm. two authors that have a collab, Joe Blue and Marshall Lattimore, Lattimore are going to be kicking in with us in the chat room as well. So we have a fabulous, fabulous show uh, on for you guys today. Girl, I just lost some words. Uh, and I never knew words. You know, I always got something to say. <laughs> I'm not going to say they say the mind's the first girl. thing to go, Lisa. <laughs> girl, I've got so much going on. I'll tell you, if somebody <laughs> can play around in my mind, I don't know if they come out alive or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of Brown Girls Publishing, everybody knows I'm putting on a Divas Luncheon and Literature Eat and Greet um, in March uh, 2017. It's going to be in Atlanta. And we will actually have uh, Victoria Christopher Murray and Rashonda Tate Billingsley um, both there at the luncheon. Uh, they are featured authors, as well as Blake Carrington, Tamika Newhouse, um, actor. And model Travis Cure, I call him um, everybody's favorite black man because he's everybody's MCM on Mondays or WCW, whatever they call him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Felicia <laughs> Hamilton will be our keynote speaker. We have Grease World Publishing's author, D.E. Adams. We have the fabulous Terry Branch, Rihanna Mallory, Cherise Jaron, Justin Q. Young. And Sharon Bennett, they're all going to be kicking in uh, with me at the Divas Luncheon and Literature. 
and then we're going to be supporting When I Grow Up, which is a nonprofit um, from, I believe it's Columbus, um, Georgia. And mm-hmm. it's an awesome, awesome experience. I just, this is my first time putting on the event, so I'm really excited. And then that's on Saturday. And then on Sunday, if everybody doesn't know, Rashonda and Victoria do a Writer's Pro workshop. And if y'all have not taken any of their workshops online or in person, you are missing out. T and I just recently took Victoria's editing um, course, and it was fabulous. I love the way she teaches. Mm-hmm. She teaches for you to understand. And you, I love to see people's passion. And I love to feel their passion for what they do. And you can always mm-hmm. get that from Victoria uh, and Rashonda. So they're both going to be teaching their um, Writers Pro. So I'm sponsoring that. That's going to be on Sunday, uh, March 5th. And it's from 10 to 2 p.m. Now, this is a, like a, equivalent to a four-week writing course in five um, hours. And let me tell you, all mm-hmm. four weeks, we took that one course for four weeks, and it was not enough, but you're going to get an abundance mm-hmm. of information within that time frame with these two ladies. So make sure you guys head over to Eventbrite and grab your tickets. Everybody is wondering what um, the luncheon is like. So I actually got the idea from Rihanna Mallory. I went to West Virginia, and I went to her. Um, she had a, a romance author's luncheon. And mm-hmm. I just, the idea was just so awesome. And I'm sure people do it all the time. Um, so the idea was so awesome. I was like, I want to do my own luncheon. Um, but I want to, I strategically pick these authors for a reason because they all bring something unique to the industry. Um, so at the luncheon, you'll be able to have lunch with your favorite author or in Travis's um in Travis's case, your favorite actor or model. And mm-hmm. throughout that time, you'll be able to eat lunch, talk to them. Um, Justin is also going to do um, a – we're going to do a paint and sip twist to it. So he's also going to do a painting session. So everybody is going to paint a canvas that he actually hand traces. He creates everything. If you have not been to any of Justin Q. Young's paint and sips, you're truly, truly missing out. He is a fabulous artist. He's a graphic designer. He's awesome. You, you're, you're missing out, but this is going to be a wonderful experience. We're going to have a uh, panel, which all of these authors bring something new to the panel. Um, Blake Carrington has a fabulous pen, but a lot of people don't know he used to own a bookstore, so he can give information on the distribution side that a lot of authors don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You have to meet the new house, who is not only just a fabulous author, she's a publisher as well, and she has the AANBC um, Awards and Book Club. You have Felicia Hamilton, who is not just an author, but she is a motivational um, speaker. She talks a lot about branding, which is what authors need. You got to know how to brand yourself to know how to move. You know, you can't just, a lot of authors, I think, they believe, and don't send me no emails, just my opinion, that all they have to do is write. That's all they got to do is just write. And that is what writers do. So there's a difference between an author and a writer. A writer is somebody that just writes. 
An author is somebody that is published. So that that in itself, they become a business. And in the business, you just don't do one thing. You wear mm-hmm. many hats um, when you're a business. So being able to understand how to brand yourself and how to help yourself move smoothly through the industry is something that I think that a lot of authors need to have. So that is why I have Felicia on that panel because, and giving the keynote, just to be able to motivate some of these pins, but also give information and drop jewels on how to push yourself and your brand at the same time. Because you are an author, you are a brand. Um, even if you're signed to a publishing company, you are a brand. And then we have, of course, Rashonda Tate Billingsley and Victoria Christopher Murray. I think between them there's, what, 20, 40 years of just literary knowledge. They have books galore amongst the two of them. And on top of the fact that they're a publisher, they can give and give that knowledge that a lot of people on the panel may not have because they've been able to see both sides. I think that when people are signed to the major companies, they have, or when they see people that are signed to the major companies, they have a dis, I think, an illusion a delusional thought uh, on what that is. Like they don't understand what it means to be signed to a publisher. And I like that both sides. They can give knowledge. Um, they can talk about, like Victoria was uh, independent um, before she got signed. So they've seen all sides, and they can share mm-hmm. that. D.E. Adams is a new author who was independent and then she was signed. So she still gives both sides because even though we have all those seasoned authors there, the newer authors have a different feel because they have a different experience. Um, And she used Wattpad a lot. And a lot of authors don't know about Wattpad. They don't know how to use it to their advantage. So she brings a unique um, part to that panel as well. And I can go on and on and on and on, but let me tell y'all, it's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. You got Sharif Jadad. He is the author of the Tice series, who who actually does know both sides. He's a publisher. He's been published. He's been um, independent. And so he can give both all sides on the industry um, and still drop jewels. So I just want something where authors are going to come out with jewels. And even though it's um, at Eat and Greet, where readers will be there, most authors are seven readers, and so you mm-hmm. might ha- be some. There might be someone there that aspires to be an author or has that just that feeling or that spirit in them to be an author, and they might just be starting out and they just want information because this is a mm-hmm. all this this talent um, in one room is nothing but a big old networking experience if you're an author. Um, because you're able to pick the brains of some of the best in the industry um, and learn all different sides. I think, and what we always say here on Let's Chat is, know what you know because you know it, but you have to have an understanding. You have to have an understanding on how everything works, whether you're published or not, because I think that with that understanding of how um, publishing works, how printing works, how distribution works, uh, royalties, this, that, all of that helps the author 
to me be able to move smoother through the industry. But sometimes they don't have the people to give them that information. They don't have people that are willing to share that information. And it's not that seasoned authors have to share anything with you. Google is available. You can Google any information you want, but just for somebody to be able to have um, learned from experiences, actual experiences, and be able to say, let me tell you what happened when I tried this. You know, I think that you get a different feel when somebody can say, I failed when I tried this, and let me tell you all how I had to get over that or how I had to overcome this or the situation I put myself in because I did not do this. You know, a lot of times that is very helpful. Um, in this industry, the authors, because they have to hear that. They may not be able to use everything, every jewel that's dropped, but somebody's going to drop a jewel that they can apply to the system that they have to better push their um, brand and their their um, books to a different level. And that's just all I want to do. I'm just excited. I love the passion of all of these authors. I love why they do what they do. That's why we do what we do here on Let's Chat. I, I know I'm long-winded. <laughs> You're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead, see. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting back because I'm excited, and I'm even more excited, passion, and your knowledge that you have gained and the knowledge that you see in others to that next level. So um, I'm excited. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, you know, I'm your right hand. I'll be right there. Whatever you need me, you just point me in the direction, and it, we're going to make it happen. But, you know, this weekend is not just for authors, Leash, because you have set the stage for from A to Z as far as that learning. Because even if someone is coming in that don't necessarily want to be an author, but they want to be a publisher, they want to be anything that's related to the literary world, and as far as Felicia is concerned, that branding can stretch across the pond. You know, you can brand anything. You can brand shirts that you want to print out. You can brand pencils that you want to print out. So that branding can be touched not just in literature but across the board. So it's just a great business-wide weekend, and it's going to be a great fun. It's going to be a lot of uh, learning. And uh, like you said, we took that class with Victoria you're not even going to realize how fast those five hours ago because Leisha and I, we could have went on another four weeks. It's that much information that yeah. she is privy to. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the weekend. And you know it's going to be here before we know it. I know. I know. It's it, it actually sort of like right around the corner. So I have so much going on that um, – so this year is, is my first year, so it's going to be different. But my goal is to do two a year um, because I want to do one in Michigan as well. So this mm-hmm. is going to – it's a different uh, feel because I want to make sure that we are just celebrating literature, um, but mm-hmm. at the same time giving back to the community. And I, right. my thing is I love to see – um, authors that give back because there's so many things going on in our community that we can complain about, mm-hmm. but then what are you doing about it? And it's not that you have to actually do, you're able to physically maybe do something, but it's something you can do. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it starts with the kids and it's giving them something to do. Somebody that is really just 
kind of into them. And so mm-hmm. outside of this, I actually started a nonprofit as well, which is Divas Inc. And I'm just really, really in support of of any organization that is um, that really supports the power of creativity, arts, literature, music, um, and the African-American community, especially with two of them, they do things with them because sometimes kids don't have that. Sometimes you have kids that just want to be loved on, you know, and that, that could just go a long way. That can keep somebody from making the wrong choice or, you know, and when you get them young, that's one less person that's in jail. That could be one less person that has a a, a, a baby at a young age. That's just my mind. That's just my thought process. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm just excited. I have so much going on. I'm excited about everything that's coming in 2017. If you want to um, use this opportunity or this event to help push your own brand, um, or if you're a publisher and you want to push your your own authors or if you're a promoter, you want to push your clients, we are currently seeking items for our swag bag. We're seeking sponsors, media partners for our event. Um, you can send your request to writingroyaltypromotions at gmail.com. If you would like to come on Let's Chat, because that's just what we do here on Let's Chat. It's a free platform for everyone. Uh, we do support creativity. You just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. We are booked up um, until 2017, through, uh, 2017, so those will be the dates that will be given um, January 2017. But I love, this is what I do. I, I love helping people. That's why I'm a promoter. That's why I'm a publisher. I just, I really love to help people. I love to help people do and accomplish the things that are on their spirit to do. And I've always worked in customer service. That's why our topic today is readers are customers too. Because I had a situation earlier today with a um, author, actually. And mm-hmm. I normally don't delete authors. But we're going to talk about it a little later. Um, but I did delete this author. And um, I had a good reason why. But I think sometimes authors get confused a little bit. And they fail to understand that at all times you're still working, even if you are on a you're a public page and you're being laid back for that day. You're always working. Every situation, mm-hmm. everything you you do is a potential for you to sell a book. You see what I'm saying? So you should always look mm-hmm. at that 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 have that mindset of anything that you do. I don't care if you have the grocery store, the car wash, in any and everywhere you are is the potential for you to sell a book. So you do have to carry yourself as such, especially on social media. You know what I'm saying? Social media is mm-hmm. spread so fast and it's so wide. So you have to be careful on how you do things and what you do and what you say. I mean, I know that you have to have a niche. Everybody has a niche. That's how you get your your fan base up. Um, some people are erotic authors, so their niche is to be nasty. But you don't be too nasty. Like nobody wants to see you doing it on, t- on on social media, you know, but you still have to, you know, you have authors that push the limit to some of the things that they say and do because that is their niche. And that works for some, but it don't work for everybody. But we'll talk a little bit about that later on. We have this fabulous guest I met. Um, I believe she was one of the ladies I met at the um, the um, Atlanta Kickback um, for 
Brown Girls Publishing, she was there for um, Book Divas Kickback uh, Book Event. So we're going to bring mm-hmm. in Meredith Greenwood. Okay. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Hi, Tony. How are you all doing? Hey, good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good. Thank you for having me on tonight. I hope everyone's having a good evening. Sorry, out there. I'm long-winded. No, You actually gave, you know, good introductions and <laughs> everything was, was on point, so no problem there. <laughs> now were you at you were you one of the four ladies that were at that was at the kickback at the table for brown girls? You know, I was not at that event. However, some of my co-authors of the X Chronicles attended that. Um, but okay, yeah. you and I, you and I, and I do believe Tony, we all mm-hmm. attended Victoria Christopher Murray's last editing workshop. Ah, so I was okay. a part of this last yes! week. <laughs> yes. Yes, gotcha. I, was, I was the one usually on screen, kind of laid back in bed, you know, chilling, relaxing. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> one of the lucky ones that got on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, it was so hard. I mean, you had to, like, be in, you had to, like, be in there. So be like, I was like, come on, buddy. She's like, I can't get in it. All I can do is listen. <laughs> Yes, but no, I did enjoy that with you ladies. I did. That was a wonderful class. It really was. I think it really, really was. And it's, I think that it's awesome to be able to experience the way Victoria teaches it. Um, because when you are an editor, I mean, it's not just for editors. It's for authors, publishers, because you everybody still has to go over something. Your, your eye has to be sharpened at some point in time. And just some of the things that she went over, everybody, some of that information, everybody needs to know. Because these are some, really, I think that authors can do a lot of things to prepare their stuff, their uh, work to be printed, even if you're with a publishing company. It saves time and it saves money. And if you're into time and money on both sides if you are prepared. So if you just have that that knowledge of do's and don'ts, um, it helps get your your book out faster because when when the editor touches it, they're like, okay, they're fixing stuff maybe you don't know instead of going through and kind of fixing the whole thing. I think just having a little mm-hmm. bit of knowledge, it will help the author to be able to push their self and their brand um, farther out. And as a publisher, it helps you because you have to be able to educate. On top of that, but you got to be educated yourself. You have to be able to have an eye to look for stuff because you have to help your team. When people send you stuff and say, can you read this, you have to be able to tell people this is wrong and why it's wrong. So at that point in time, you still are teaching to prepare it for print. That's right. That's right. And that makes sense. And, and you know, just to reiterate, too, you know, it, it's all about growth. You know, from day to day, from novel to novel, from sentence to sentence, it genuinely is all about growth. And, you know, just taking editing classes and, you know, as an author, editing classes, um, classes on the craft of writing, any of those classes are beneficial to anyone who, you know, is aspiring or a seasoned writer. 
because we all have room to grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very true. Now, for everybody who doesn't know uh, who Meredith Greenwood is, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your book. Okay. So uh, my name is Meredith E. Greenwood. Um, I live in Houston, Texas. I um, Honestly, I'm a tax accountant by day, but I'm also an author by day and night. Um, I say that tax accounting is my profession, but writing is my passion. Um, my motto is if I can just touch one life, if it's only one life with my words, then I know I'm walking in passion and in purpose. Um, I've been writing for many years. Um, started writing when I was about five years old, short stories. Um, I was featured on the Milwaukee News reading original poetry at about age seven. Um, but I don't want to say it stopped there, but I never, you know, took it to that next level. Um, in 2012, I self-published my first novel. It's a full-length novel, Faith, Grace, and Hope. And it's a story of three women, three letters, three trials, but one God. Um, Faith, Grace, and Hope, it took me about four years to write that novel. And, you know, I tell people it wasn't one of those things where, you know, I had writer's block or I didn't know what to write. Faith, Grace, and Hope is one of those novels that's full of meaningful messages. And during those four years, you know, I'll just be transparent, I I had to go through some things myself and I had to be, you know, in a place where I could hear certain messages, and then I could put those messages into the novel. Um, it is a fiction novel. Um, it's written in letter format. So it's a very intimate novel where you're taken on a journey with three different women, three women who they have some pretty serious trials that they have to overcome, but they overcome those trials and they get to the other side by exercising faith and hope and remaining covered in grace. So it's, it's, it's a little different. It's three individual stories in that novel. It can be read, you know, each story can be read alone or it can be read straight through. You know, it's really a matter of preference for the reader. But, again, it's an intimate, an intimate story with messages on top of messages on top of messages, it's one of those books that when you get finished, you know, you can reflect on some things in your own life. And, you know, the, the, if I had to wrap the entire story into, you know, just one theme, it really touches on how we all have certain circumstances we go through, whether they're as a child or in our adulthood. And so often we can get caught up in just going from day to day, day to day, day to day, and we never stop and ask the question why. But once we get to that why, then sometimes there's some genuine healing that can take place. And that's faith, grace, and hope. (laughs) Um, Also, this year, earlier this year, I um, became a Brown Girls book author. Um, I wrote and contributed to the X Chronicles, which is an anthology of 20 stories by 20 different authors. Um, My story, um, which is featured in the anthology, is Best X Ever. And Best Ex Ever is a story of a lady who's been in a committed relationship for six years with no commitment, and she has to answer the big question, do I continue to love him or do I leave him? And to find out what she did, 
I encourage anyone listening to the show, all friends, coworkers, family, to get a copy of the X Chronicles anthology. And that's a brown girl's book. Um, it's a national bestseller, and it recently won Anthology of the Year. So it, it's a good book. Um, all 20 authors, including myself, you know, it's it's been a wonderful journey, and it's full of talented, talented authors. It's a page turner. Every story in that book will have you wanting more. It will leave you asking, who is this author? <laughs> I need more of her work. So. I encourage everyone, if you haven't yet, get a copy of the X Chronicles. It's it's wonderful. Wow. This is Tony Meredith and you just you just laid it down, girl. You have a lot going on and I love hearing your passion, but that last bit that you gave us about the best ex ever, about being in a six year committed relationship without a commitment, girl, I think you touched upon a lot of women today that are going through that. You know, they stay with this with a person for many years and like you said, no commitment. And the question you constantly ask yourself is, Do I stay? Is it coming? What mm-hmm. am I getting out mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm. That's real. That's right, that's right. And you know, one thing I see and you know, I can raise my hand, I've been there, done that. Um, it's mm-hmm. like every second, every minute, every touch Every word, every split second of eye contact, we find hope. Mm -hmm. We find hope in any and everything. And, you know, I I don't want to just say it's women, you know, Mm -hmm. men as well. But, you know, I'm I'm a female, so we can touch on us. We Mm -hmm. can tend to find hope where there is no hope. (laughs) You know, I I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer as to, you know, why that occurs. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just give a little little sneak peek into the story, she sent Tiffany, that's the main character, she's standing at the altar with her man, I guess that's what we can call him, and mm-hmm. when the preacher says, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing, and because he, you know, squeezed her hand tightly, because they were at altar call, and, and he put a little pressure on that squeeze, that was hope. And, you know, even after, you know, we would say, and, you know, when we're in our right minds, we look at Mm -hmm. that and we laugh and we say, now that is so foolish. But then when we stop and look back at some of the things that probably have occurred in our own relationships, those relationships that, you know, were kind of shaky, we were like that too. He looked at me Mm -hmm. a certain way. That's hope. Mm. (laughs) He he gave me his last potato chip. That's hope. (laughs) You know? We do find hope Mm -hmm. in anything and everything. But, you know, sometimes we get to the point where we have to break down and just say, am I his best? And is he Mm -hmm. giving me his best? And, you know, I was talking to a group at a literary event this past weekend here in Houston, and I kind of mentioned to them, you know, the good thing about words the good thing about literary projects is when you read them, fiction, when you read that, you can apply it to any area in your life. In this particular story, yes, it's a relationship, but I ask the question, how many times have we been in a six-year committed work relationship mm-hmm. or a committed friendship? Right. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be a romantic relationship. You know, it could be a situation, and you have to ask the question, do I go or do I stay? Mm. 
And you know what? Absolutely. Again, also that hindsight to know that what you had at that moment was the best that you could could get. You know, thinking outside the box that is this the best? But sometimes that hindsight is the best sight, unfortunately. But but then that person is long gone, or that situation is over, or that job has you know gone to the wayside. That's right. That's right. That's right. I think think that a lot of times, first I will say uh, in relationships, any relationship, you have more people that are just existing and not living. And the problem that creates is when you are in that position where you're just living, I mean when you're just existing and you are not living, that means you're not being your best you. Um, you can't be the best to the other person. You know what I'm saying? So then mm-hmm. you do have that thought like, is this as good as it gets? A lot of times it's from your experiences. Everybody steps into a relationship for whatever reason, for whether it's work or personal. Um, but I think that every situation has a reset period. And at that point in time, mm-hmm. when you start thinking those thoughts and you start reflecting, like, more of that it's time for you. It's like a fork in the road for you. Okay, so it's time for you to either go to the left or to the right. And sometimes it's to let those situations go because you need to go to a different direction. And you have to be able to have that discernment um, of is this the right direction that I need to go in? And being able to trust that. See, a lot of times, and I posted this uh, a couple of weeks ago, or last week, a lot of times God puts things in our spirit first, and we just don't move our feet when he places them there. So then he'll put something else in our spirit to get Mm -hmm. us to move our feet, and we still won't move our feet. It'll still be in our mind. It'll be in the back of our head. We'll be thinking about it, but we won't move our feet. We won't prepare to to, um, what it is that he's putting in us to do until he does the push. Then when he pushes, it's like, okay, dang, I wasn't ready. Hold on. You know, so it's like it's not that things, everything happens for a reason. But sometimes if we pay attention, we were given different green lights that we just didn't pay attention to at the time. So then when we get that push, it's like, oh, no, I got to run. It's time to go. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's like, I hear you, and I'm moving. And then yeah. it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I should have already been doing this. Yep. And, and one thing I can say I've, I've found, even in my own, you know, past relationships or situations that are similar, is that those flags that were given, the signs that God gives, he doesn't take a long time to give them. When I go back and reflect, he gave it pretty quickly. But like you said, you just choose to ignore it. You know, you minimize mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. was really big. It was a big deal, but we minimize it, and we make it nothing. Oh, it's just a little insecurity. Oh, it's just a little thought. Oh, it's just a little baggage. When no, it was really, get out of here, go. <laughs> this is not for you. I have greater mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to piggyback mm-hmm. off of that, a lot of times it's also – um, he wants you to reflect on you 
you know, sometimes we can reflect on other people and we can see things in other people, but it's harder to see things in ourselves or see situations in, in that we're going through or, you know, so where, whether it's an up or a down, even when it's, it's something good or something bad, everything happens for a reason, good or bad. Right. But when appreciate and recognize our blessings. So sometimes I think that we get so caught up in complaining. And sometimes we we do it, but do we ever stop and just think about how blessed we really are? If you really just break down everything that you're complaining about and then think about what other people could be complaining about. Or even sometimes it comes in the form of somebody else and then they're like, well, let me tell you this. And you're like, no, no, I, I can't relate. I don't have them issues. <laughs> and then at that point in time, we're like, dang, I'm really blessed because she's going through some things. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't even help you. I don't have type of problem. But we don't do that a lot of times. We don't reflect on ourselves and become appreciative. And then we start questioning why we keep doing through, going through the same things over and over and over and why we haven't gotten to this level and why we're still here doing this, that, and other. Sometimes it's because you, as something as small as not, haven't recognized your blessing. Like, he, he needs you to be ready. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely. Definitely. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So what, what made you... I mean, so yeah, because you know, I don't think we stop. See, I don't know. Every everything is different. I was talking to someone um, earlier in the week because my mother passed in February, and I, I know I talk about this all the time. I do, but it, and it's bad that when people pass, that's the only time we think about those things. That's the only time we think about. Are resetting and making a move. That's the only time we think about moving our feet. That's the only time we think about is when someone passes or it's it's something devastating that happens to us um, that makes mm-hmm. us think. You know, we don't, they're not living. And so, and once those things happen, you kind of change. Like over the, what, seven, eight months, I have changed so much. Just, I just, think differently, I want different things. And it's like you were talking about the um, story in the book. Sometimes that settling is is an issue. And it, it's not an issue because maybe you're not, because you could be settling for a good thing. But within yourself, mm-hmm. it's just not sitting right. Because mm-hmm. you haven't kind of um, cleaned out your own basement, we'll say. You know, everybody has a basement. And, you know, in the basement, everybody always storing stuff in their basement. They always putting stuff just to the side. So it's like we have our own personal basement that we don't clean out like we should. And sometimes that clogs our vision. If you ever walk in somewhere and there's so much going on, and you're like, I don't even see where this is just going to get taken care of. I don't even see, you know, because you can't see it because you're just clouded by all the extra stuff that's, that's here. In, in front of your face instead of looking beyond that. I think a lot of times we don't look beyond what we see to to, to be able to figure out where we need to be. Say it again, busy. I said it, it could get too busy. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about about when you decided to 
because just her talking about busy, your your job in general, your day job is very busy. What made you or what happened at that point in time? What was going on in Meredith's world where you were like, I'm about to do this? You know, honestly, um, I'll start by saying again, you know, I have been writing all my life. I mean, even when I didn't know I was writing, I was writing. So this is something I've just been doing. I have, and I'm sure you all can relate, notebook after notebook after notebook, you know, full of poetry, short stories, you know, ideas. So it's one of those things that it was going, it was bound to happen eventually. But when I wrote Faith, Grace, and Hope, I was actually in the process of when I first started, let me backtrack, when I first started writing Faith, Grace, and Hope, I was in the process of going through a divorce. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was, that was kind of my outlet was to write. And that's why I say, you know, it took me four years to complete the story. But during that story, I got so many spiritual messages, spiritual breakthroughs, um, emotional breakthroughs. And I was able to put some of that emotion into the book. Um, I will say again, the entire book is fiction. The three women in the story, they go through situations that I personally have never been through. But uh-huh. the message is the same. You know, and when I say the message is the same, your trial and my trial may be complete opposite, but we both have to come out. And we both have to put our trust in someone to come out. Right. And we both will be victorious in the end. So the story stays the same. And so that's where that twist comes in. And, again, that is what I absolutely love, love, love about fiction and what I love about the power of words is that it can touch each person right where they are. Mm-hmm. I love it. But, yes, that um, I was going through a divorce at the time. So would I say that that kind of propelled and, and pushed me a little further to, to keep writing, to keep writing? I think it did play a major part in, in it. You know, I needed that release, and it was kind of a starting over. It, it was kind of a, I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do. You know, I still had the day job, you know, and I was you know, on the journey now of becoming a, a single mother. So everything was brand new. And so I say, now is the time to be me. I have to find the Meredith within. And I did that by putting into paper. And that's how Austin Meredith E. Greenwood was born. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. This is Tony L. Meredith. You know, first of all, I love that title, Faith, Grace, and Hope. And as you just shared with us, you were going through a, a, a hard time while pinning it, but is there one thing that you did learn about yourself through all of that, throughout the pain and the and the um the trials and tribulations while you pinned that? First of all, how long did it take you to to write it? Um, I started in '08, and it was okay. actually published in 2012. So four years. 2012. It was four years so from beginning four, to end. And those four years, what did you learn about Meredith? stands out the most and that you continue to build on today? The one thing I'll say I learned about Meredith 
um, and readers will see this in that story, is that regardless of the trial, you can make it. You will mm-hmm. be all right. And that's what I learned, regardless, you know, even if it's one breath at a time, and there will be days that you might not want to breathe, you know, and I'm just being very mm-hmm. real, you know, there's mm-hmm. days, and, and I'm not necessarily speaking on my divorce, but just in general, there may be days that you just, if I don't even want to say want, you don't know mm-hmm. how, <laughs> you may not even know mm-hmm. how, but it will be okay. And if you're going to be, you're going to be better. And I, I look at anything, you know, a lot of people, I hear people say, fail, fail, fail. And I'll tell anyone, and I've always felt this way, there's no such thing as a failure. Because my uh-huh. word says that all things work together for my good. That's so that right. means the things that didn't go the way I thought they should go, there's a greater uh-huh. plan and a greater purpose on down the line. And if I just keep on pushing, keep on trying to breathe, to breathe, to breathe, I'll be all right. Uh-huh. And here I am, many years later, and I'm better than ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> you know, awesome. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It does. Absolutely. It, does. it really does. So, <laughs> so yes. That, that's so, that is so about. true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yes, that, that's one thing I'll say that I learned and was able to really put, you know, in my work for others to mm-hmm. see and for others to feel and for others to know. Because that's mm-hmm. a message that's universal. And I think whether the trial is great or small, we all need to know that there is an other side. And that's, you know, you have to see the other side, to get to the other side. But if there is another side, and it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting point that you uh, just made. This is Tony once again. You know, most authors do write from one point of view. But sometimes as readers, you know, we may see it from another. But do you feel that the the message and the point of view that you're trying to portray to your readers, do you feel that they get that? You know, I would think so. You know, I hope so. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I think so just in – you know, the way the story is told, um, Mm -hmm. I would hope, and again, I say I hope, that they would see it from the side of the characters. Um, I've had many readers say that they felt like they were the character. I actually had an 80-ish, I'll just say 80-ish year old male who said they read it from beginning to end, Still reading, which is a blessing. Wow, 80 years old. I'll say 80 now at the time, you know, a little younger. Mm -hmm. But they read it it from beginning to end and actually had to stop and reflect on the childhood. And because of that, this person had to deal with some things. So if you can have an 80-year-old male read something Mm -hmm. and receive the message that's there and stop and say why, and then go back and evaluate so healing can begin, then I'm sure the 20-year-old female will feel the same. Powerful. Absolutely. That's 80 years of life he has yeah. to reflect back upon. That's exactly. <laughs> it's never too late. It, it, it's a daily, you know, and I say that, and I, I don't say it lightly, but I also say mm-hmm. it because I'm guilty 
we take advantage of that. We have mm-hmm. 24 mm-hmm. hours a day to stop and reflect. And when I say that, yes, That's we're right. busy, and we talked about that a little while ago, you know, being busy mm-hmm. in our daily lives, but we are given so many chances to stop and reflect. And right. sometimes we just have to make time for it because there's things in our past. Past could be this morning when I was standing in the coffee room talking to a coworker. That's past. But there could be times in our past that we are literally just leaving behind us and it's just sitting there. But it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But we won't Absolutely. know that. We carve out a little time. And because we're busy and because we have, you know, so much to do in a day, I hope Faith, Grace, and Hope is a tool that readers can say, you know what, I'm reading this book, I'm enjoying this book, I'm enjoying this story, hmm, let me think. So, you know, I really hope Uh. it's just a tool to get the message across and also a tool that allows readers to say, oh, my gosh, I didn't go through that, but dot, dot, dot. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, lots of meaning. Put in that dot, dot, dot. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. Now, this is Lisa, Lisa Meredith. If we were sitting here a year from now um, and we were talking about your accomplishments um, in 2016, what are some of the things that we would be, would we be speaking about? Well, in 2016, being this year, um, I did become a national best-selling author because of the X Chronicles, um, an award-winning mm-hmm. national best-selling author. I'm also working on a full-length novel, and mm-hmm. that is I'm anticipating release of that early next year. And it's a novel of six friends, one city, one church, but many lives. Mm-hmm. It's a story mm-hmm. where basically everyone gets burned when all hell breaks loose. Oh, boy. So that is one I've been working on, and pretty much, you know, I'll I'll be honest, that's where my focus has been, is to try and, you know, get that one finished. I'm enjoying writing it. Um, I'll just say this year was just, it was amazing. I've spent a lot of time this year planning. Um, Next year, I... I don't want to kind of give away, but I have a few things in store for for earlier next year. So this year I can say, I said this was kind of a year of transition for me. You know, in 2015 I had, you know, all these plans, but I'll say probably around the end of 2015 I kind of stopped and just said, just hold up. Let's put some things in place and go forward from there. So I I really Mm -hmm. feel like this year was a year of transition and so um, I'm ready uh, for 2017. I'm ready for 2017 to come. I have a lot of great things ahead, and the readers and you all will be hearing a lot more from Meredith E. Greenwood. Oh, that's awesome. So you have a, a vision. Oh, that's right. That's right. Write the vision. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Wow. But I think yeah, that's good that you have a vision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because a lot of times people are 
they may move their feet, but they don't see where they're going um, a lot of times. So that vision that you have, those goals that you have, they become your eyes at some point in time. Because a lot of times, I call it the seesaw effect. We see where we're going to be, and but we don't see the in-between, the things that we have to go through, people we have to to, to deal with or, or let go of, the things we have to mm-hmm. let go of, to, mm-hmm. you know, all of that in-between. We don't see that. So mm-hmm. at some point in time, when you hit that valley moment, that vision, that goal is what's going to help get you through it. Because that's, that's right. what you will have to focus on because you can't look ahead because you're not going to be able to see it. So you have right. to be able to have that vision and that goal to help keep going. Can you talk about the hardest part um, being an author? The hardest part of being an author, you know, I guess I can only take it, um, you know, I'll answer that personally. <laughs> I guess you're asking, I just answer that personally. For me, I would say because I do have the full-time job, you know, mm-hmm. just being an author, the writer, the process, I really can't say that there's anything hard. It probably is, but I don't recognize it because I love writing. So <laughs> I just love to write, and I just love the whole literary journey. So I guess if I look at just an overall, it would be, you know, not having enough time to pursue that passion, that, you know, full time. Mm-hmm. That's probably the hardest for me. Um, just in the sense of I know what I want, I'm right there on the edge, you know, and it's like, okay, what do I do here? Um, One thing I I do want to say, and this kind of touches on, you know, what you just said a minute ago, but also this, when you talked about the vision, um, one thing I'm learning is that with the vision, any vision that you have, there's two components, and I think you just kind of touched on that is that it's the seen and the unseen. Because there are going to be mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that you know how it's going to go. You have that goal. It's going to happen. But you also have to be prepared for what comes in between. You have to be prepared for mm-hmm. other doors that might open. And you have to be prepared for doors that might close. Um, in saying that, mm-hmm. um, my the company that I do work for as a tax accountant, they are soon to be shutting the doors. So that's why I say this is kind of a transition year for me because I get to kind of reinvent all over again and genuinely walk in my passion very soon. I will become a full-time author. So, you know, it is important to to stay the course and, like you said, have that vision, the seen and the unseen, and just be prepared. So, um, you know, kind of just to to backtrack just a little, I would say the hardest thing is to not be able to pursue the passion full time, but Mm -hmm. a way has been made, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that's getting ready to happen pretty soon anyway. So, but that's Mm -hmm. that's probably the only thing I would say is hard at you know at this point. But the actual, like I said, the writing process and the whole literary journey is when you love what you do. You know, it's kind of it's difficult to say that it's hard. And you know something, Meredith, in addition to those doors that you were speaking of, uh, this is Tony, you know, those doors that are opening and some that are closing, you may have a vision and you may have have thought this through, but sometimes there are those doors that won't open or shouldn't open 
as well that you may think are open because, you know, there's a different path that you should be following. So always just be prepared for the unexpected and just, you know, Mm -hmm. take it from there and and get that inner nudge like we said earlier. You get that push. You don't know whether you should be pushed or not, but some doors don't need to be open, and that's just for your best benefit. That's right. That's right. And And sometimes it's all about timing. You know, it's yeah. sometimes it's all in God's time. I had people who say, you sat for four years. You know, people say, you know, you sat when it comes to writing novels and writing books for four years and you didn't write. But during that time, I wrote plays. I um, produced and wrote several plays here in Houston at churches. I performed at different churches. I was um, very honored I gave a commencement, a high school commencement address at a high school graduation um, last year. So different things have happened. I've helped my daughter. She wrote her first book. You know, different things have happened. But I say that to Mm -hmm. say, you know, from the outside, it might look like to some it's a failure or it might look like you're not pursuing that passion or carrying out that vision in a timely Mm -hmm. manner. But it's all in timing, and it's all to prepare you for an appointed time. Mhm, and that's what we oh. have. We have we have to focus on that. Powerful. That is true. So true. Mhm. You have to keep walking. You have to keep walking. Now, that's the unseen part. <laughs> you don't see it. Just keep you know keep walking and keep doing. Mm-hmm. Keep you know keep walking in that purpose and in passion, and it'll all add mm-hmm. up. You know, I look at right now. It all makes sense now. <laughs> it all right. makes sense. True, so true. That's so very true. And it's funny because I always um, see in a marriage if you have that um, that one person that pulls. And a lot of times you're always pulling um, because maybe you were saying about that vision, sometimes you need to be pulled through. And so mm-hmm. when you don't have that that person to piggyback off of within a relationship as far as being married. Uh, and you just have yourself through your process and your journey. Who was your biggest supporter that helped pull and maybe sometimes push you through? You know, I, I, I really can't pinpoint just one person. I would have to say, you know, of course, first and foremost, God, first and foremost, because there are days and there are times where we might have to go through things alone, but we always have one that we can turn to. So, you know, I have to say first and foremost, God, (laughs) it may sound weird that I say it that way, but my biggest support right there is just knowing what the word says and knowing that everything's going to be okay. And when I have doubts, I can always turn to the word or turn mm-hmm. to God for comfort. Um, as far as earthly support, um, I would just, you know, be honest, and I know a lot of times we think or we are, you know, uh, we're raised to believe that our immediate family is going to be our biggest support. Well, you know, I can honestly say my biggest support came from friends. Um, and mm-hmm. not necessarily my immediate family. Um, I do have a few friends, um, an old coworker that, you know, that I'm still in contact with. She 
was a great support. I have a high school friend. Um, she was there throughout, you know, every step of the way. I have a college male friend. He went on that journey with me. And honestly, over these past few years, just dealing with the divorce and, you know, the, the single motherhood and transitioning, I was fortunate enough to meet um, a guy here in Houston um, about almost five years ago. And we just immediately became the best of friends. And I probably would say that he's probably my rock out of everyone I've known. I, I would say even now, still, he's he's my rock. So, you know, I've been very fortunate to have people in my corner, you know, throughout this entire process. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And like you say, sometimes it's not necessarily family, um, but they're family to you because of that strong support that they give you. That's right. That's right. And I wouldn't trade any of them for anything in the world, <laughs> mm-hmm. even when they get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing their job. <laughs> they're, they're doing their job, and they do it well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have anything new that you, you know, have love? coming out that you can go ahead, oh. Alicia, on that same vein? Oh, no, I was just on that same topic. No, I was just uh, piggybacking that, you know, Blood don't have to make you family. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, uh, the energy that you, you guys share, that's what actually makes you family. And sometimes that can be tighter than blood. That's right. That's right. Mm. Go ahead, Tia. I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask her, does she have anything uh, new and, and ex- that she can share with our listeners coming up? Um, other than I would say definitely visit, visit my website, uh, .com. Uh Connect with me on mm-hmm. Facebook, Meredith E. Greenwood. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram, but I am on Facebook more. <laughs> but on Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> it's M-E Greenwood 1. Um, I would tell the listeners to just, Look forward to some great things happening in 2017, the release of my new novel coming really soon, When All Hell Breaks Loose. Mm -hmm. And I would just tell everyone, be blessed. And I do, again, I appreciate you all for having me on the show tonight. This was an awesome experience. And, you know, you say you're long-winded. I have to kind of stop myself because I'll take over the show. So I... (laughs) (laughs) That's so not a problem. I, I, problem. I, think, I think my friends would say I did good. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a fun question for you, Meredith, before you leave the sure. You know, you have shared so much, so many facets of your life and your journey, and we truly appreciate that. And it's going to be a fun question to, to as you leave the chat room. You have a big box of crayons, and you're going to be a new addition to that box of crayons. What color would you be and why? When you ask that question, uh, the first thing that, you know, comes to mind is me. Mm-hmm. The color me. M-E. And that's all I know how to be. And I can paint pictures. I can write and tell stories. I'm unique. And every single person that reaches down into that box and picks up the color me mm-hmm. can tell their own story. 
So that's what I meant, the color me. I like that. Now, you're the first one I've asked that question to. I always try to come up with some fun questions for our guests. And I love that answer, Leash. What do you think about that? Did you like my question, Leash? Did I caught you off guard? You thought I was going to do it. Right, right, right. That was a good one. That was a good one, see? Right. You know, so right. That was a good one. See, I, I thought she was going to break out with the superhero. And I'm thinking of some shit. Or Benzie. But I'm getting ready. That kind of one. That's a good one. <laughs> but, and then she flipped it and came back more creative and was like, I created my own color. Just me. I like I it. I'm the color. I am me. <laughs> I, <am> me. <laughs> I like that answer, girl. You can't get any better than that. I want a box of 64 of that. Right? Right? <laughs> All right. 64 me.
you can always send swag items because you still are awesome because you got to push your brand. You can send pins. You can send flyers. Send something to be able to just share in those uh, mm-hmm. giveaways with the readers just to have a little bit of you there uh, and uh, be able so to experience. Smart. Oh, wow, you know. Yes, yes, I definitely mm-hmm. will do that. Absolutely. Well, I, I would definitely it. make sure to send it in. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. This has been a great interview. I, I've had so much fun. You shared, and uh, like I said earlier, you shared your, your, your journey with us. You've opened it up, and we so appreciate you for doing that. And it just, you know, you never know who you may touch. You never know who's listening that may going through maybe going through similar situations. So we thank you for sharing yourself with us and our listeners. Oh, you're so welcome. I thank you all for having me on tonight. This has been a very, very good experience. I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. So did we, and you're welcome we back anytime. Absolutely. Well, next year now, when you get that novel out, then we got to have you back on so we can talk that talk again. That's right. And you can drop some more of those spiritual jewels that people, you know, need to have, just a little bit of something to get them going, get them ready for that new year. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, anytime. Thank you so much, Meredith. We appreciate you. Thank you, and you all have a great evening. Okay, you too. You too. Thanks. I love that interview, Leash. And I'm still smiling and reeling from her answer. (laughs) Me too. Yes. You know what? You know folks would have been sitting there from some brown uh, on. She even just took it to a whole creative level and said, I'm about to create me because that's Mm -hmm. all I know how to do. And I know that's right. And I love her spirit. Just just her mm-hmm. her spirit and her energy. Awesome. That was an awesome, awesome interview. I do appreciate her coming on here and sharing her journey. I didn't even notice that the other two guests didn't show up because we were too busy running our mouths. <laughs> It was like we were just sitting up in here, girls talk, and uh, girls just bouncing off each other, bouncing off our own energy, and and I'm going to use Meredith's words, we were being me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that we're going to take a brief break. <laughs> And we'll give them a few more minutes to, to step into the chat room. Um, okay. I'm going to play a little bit of that Georgia Clay by Xavier okay. Lewis. Make sure you head over to iTunes and check him out. And we'll be right back. Okay. Busting my tail on a nine to five just to keep up, try to stay alive. Promise my lady we gon' be Right. She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through this Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down Keep my feet planted on solid ground From the New York coast to the Florida shine up to the Maryland, D.C. line, back down. 
looking in the mirror, trying to find my way. Staring in space, dreaming of a day. I've been fishing for a blessing just to hear you say. Well done, son, out of right faith. On my shoulders, wake from the burden slave. Knuckles, fruit from the shakes I made. Sweet daughter, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. Tell me why do I have to cry Trayvon Martin's mother. 
I got it off of her page. And um, it was to really just post pictures um, of the Obamas, pictures Mm -hmm. that you enjoy seeing of them. And that's just my favorite president. And and we'll never get a first lady like her, ever. And so I posted Mm, a picture and somebody commented. And it was not a pleasant comment. And mm-hmm. he went on and on and on. He kind of went to the left. And, I mean, he was posting a lot of different things. And I just I deleted them. And I just kind of, you know, let him know that you have to, you feel how you want to feel. However, um, you can't be disrespected on my page. Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. he posted some other stuff. And then he posted, I love being white. I mean, he went all the way to the left. And I could have said, you know, my grandfather likes being white, too, but you don't see him being disrespectful. So somehow it was um, freedom of speech and it's the law, and I had to let him know I'm the law here on this page because this here is mine. And, you Mm -hmm. know, your disrespect won't be tolerated. But he has has writer and poet, so I don't know if he just writes or if he's published, but... Stuff like that, first of all, it's not like I tagged you in the post. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you are a business all by itself. Whether you're signed to somebody or not, you are a business, and you are always okay. working. So, therefore, mm-hmm. even though you have a, you feel a certain way, when you go to someone else's page, Way. You have to be respectful. You can't go on somebody's page being disrespectful and then turn around on your page and post it in the bio book. That's not how that works. Not only is that not going to want them to buy your book, it's going to cause other people not to buy your book because they're not going to like what they see. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times authors have to look at that like you're a business. And readers are our customers. And you, mm-hmm. if you go into a store, nobody's going to be able to be rude to you in the store without having being reprimanded for it. So I don't mm-hmm. think that he kind of realized that there's a difference between being political. There's a difference between being racist. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of times people mash that together. And they, they think, oh, because you're this, uh, you this particular color, because you feel this way. No, it's just. However your view is, there are a lot of people that are Republican, enjoy or fall in line with the thoughts of Republicans. People fall in line with the thoughts of the Green Party or Independents or whoever they decide to to vote for. But when mm-hmm. you go on somebody's personal post and then you act like that, that's a problem. That you haven't, you know, you, you didn't think about the fact that what if that person is somebody in the middle of reading your book right now? Mm-hmm. That's true, and you know, Lee. In addition to that, he doesn't know. Like, if you're walking down the street and you see an author just being ugly, you're not the only person walking down that street. There are many people walking down the street, not necessarily an author, but you have you get a lot of traffic on your page. He don't know who knows you. He don't know who's passing through your page. He doesn't know whose timeline you're going through. So you're touching not just him, but many, many people are seeing the ugliness that he's portraying, and, and that will give them reasons like, oh, really, this is how he is? Delete, delete, delete. Oh, I won't be buying that that book. Because as we say here on Let's Chat, that word of mouth is powerful. That's a powerful tool 
And sometimes it can make or break you because if you have something that you don't like, girl, don't don't read his book. It was trash, and this was this. And then they pass it on, and they pass it on. And just like on the flip side, when it's good, you're passing that on as well. So that word of mouth, and when you see something that doesn't necessarily sit well with you, you speak on it. And that person speaks on it. Absolutely. And that person, it's like a domino effect. So you always have to be mindful of what you're putting out there because it can come back and bite you. Absolutely. And know that you're representing people. Like, you represent people of your color. So if you're on here being disrespectful, and I don't care what color you are, if you're black, orange, green, Chinese, whoever, whatever culture, whatever mm-hmm. race, if you're being disrespectful and then you say, I love mm-hmm. being white, or I love being black, or I love being Chinese, then that is a form of, that's like propaganda. You know, that's really allows people to segue into insulting your race or insulting your culture because it's like, oh, this is how you guys behave? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You see how it just goes in another direction unnecessarily. Um, when, mm-hmm. if you don't like it, you could one, delete me, or two, ignore it. Like, he always posts some stuff on his face that I don't particularly care for. But I don't comment, because mm-hmm. that's his page. You do what he want to do. He's, it's his right, right to voice his opinion, as long as you ain't on my page doing stuff. That's my mm-hmm. that's my soapbox rant. I just was so, you know, I felt away. Not even by mm-hmm. the things that he posted. Just the audacity to feel like it was okay to post it on my page. I didn't invite you. Mm -hmm. Right. I I, I posted it, and you had an option. But once you posted your first comment, keep going, and it was ridiculousness. It was ridiculous. Just stroll on past. Just stroll on past. No comment. (laughs) Absolutely, because really it's, it's... People's personal opinion, and sometimes it's not that serious. I mean, mm-hmm. Nixon was in office. People voted for Nixon. People voted for Bush. People voted, you know, there there's presidents that have been in office that people didn't too much care for. Mm-hmm. And it's not the first time. You know, it's, it's we've had 40-something presidents. We only hear about a handful. You don't hear about every last mm-hmm. one of them because people didn't didn't like when they were in office or they didn't bring anything to the office or, you know, it, it wasn't something that that happened to make people keep talking about them. So, and mm-hmm. that's okay. But just know that it's kind of like writing a book. Every book you write is not going to hit. Everybody's not going to like everything you write. Everybody's mm-hmm. not going to like every president in office, and that's okay. That's the choice we have as Americans, living in a democracy country. Uh-huh. But you know something, Leash? A, a, a lot of a lot of people, some some Republicans are already talking and spewing the word impeachment. And that kind of shocked me because we haven't heard that word in so long. And the man is not even in office yet. That's amazing. I've been hearing well, it for the last week Exactly. Well, see, I don't watch CNN. I watch Victoria and um, Rashonda TV, so I don't even watch the news mm-hmm. anymore. I just, you know, go on their page and see what they're talking about. But that Harry Reid, I tell you, he is my new best friend because he is going in every every chance he gets because it's it's mm-hmm. not 
when you start talking about um, actually becoming president, and now when you didn't have a plan, now you got to have a plan, and it comes out, oh, well, mm-hmm. I wasn't even really planning on winning. So, no, I didn't really have a plan. I just wanted to prove <laughs> a point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it comes out, okay, well, now what? <laughs> really? Right. So so what's your plan? Wow. And then now you want to lower the corporate tax. But what about everybody else? Because when taxes are up for one, it's down for the other. So if you lower the corporate tax, somebody's going to have to pay. You see what I'm saying? Somebody's going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. So who's going to have to pay? You can't dance around that. Somebody's paying something. And it's usually us. And it's like a lot of, and a lot of people are like, hold on, wait a minute, Mr. Trump there. I was appreciating some of the things that you were saying. However, um, let's talk about this here tax you're talking about here because, you know, my kitchen doesn't cover that. Um, and I, I need some clarification on, on what, what's what. Mm. And there you have it, folks. Those are just the opinions of Les Chat. You know, we, we <laughs> that's not the opinions of the masses, but those are the opinions from the ladies of Les Chat. My name is Tony, and I'm joined by the very phenomenal, opinionated Miss Alicia. <laughs> she's she's been I on. She's been live tonight, guys. She is the live tonight. I've been. I've been. Babbling all day. I just said that I've been babbling all day. I don't know. I got. I told you. I got so much going on. If somebody played in my mind, I don't know if they come out alive. <laughs> they don't know what they don't so step into me. <laughs> they don't know. There's so much going on in there. But then I, it bugs me when people don't vote. Come on, say this too. It bugs me when people do not vote. It's not mm-hmm. even about voting for the president. Because if you think about it, anything Trump does, we probably won't really feel it for a year, maybe two. But right. what you feel is your local, your city councilman, your school board. These are the people that you're supposed to be voting for and paying attention. So if you don't go vote at all because you feel in the way about a president, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're going to feel what the what the city council does before you feel what the president does. You got to feel what your mayor does before you, you know, the governor. You didn't even think about the the local, just just something that's going to directly affect you faster than whoever's going to be president. And that brings me to Colin Kaepernick. I love my quarterback. <laughs> I do. But I have a problem with the fact that he did not vote. Because he, I understand that he felt like I didn't want to have to choose or be forced to choose, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You needed to do, you didn't even choose for your local government. You didn't do anything. You sat there and you waited for other people to make a choice for you. And the choice that they made may not be something that is conducive to what your situation is. And you didn't voice mm-hmm. your, yourself at all. And the protesters. If y'all, as much energy they putting into all these posts, all these different protests, y'all could have just went out and voted. That's just Absolutely. my point of view. Let your voice but I'm be just heard. Saying. Now, I will say from all of the protests, 
a lot of different things are coming out that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Like the electoral college petitioning them to actually remove Trump as the um, president-elect. I did haven't got a chance to research it, but I guess there's uh, some wording or something where that when the forefathers created all of this, it was a checks and balance place. I'm going to have to find somebody mm-hmm. that can elaborate on that. But it's supposed to be something that um, something that, that they can do. I don't know what the process is. I have to research that, and then we'll figure out. Maybe we can have Fritz on on the show again, and he can talk about that a little bit. But I didn't even know that. I didn't know there was a Czech election. And I was kind of odd and curious because I'm like, if Hillary has tore him up in the popular vote, I don't understand how the 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 electro, I don't understand how all of that works. Because that means that but there are more people voted for so much, so much is coming out that I, I think not only you, but a lot of people are not understanding that the protests are making just a little bit more clearer, like in layman's terms, you know. Right, because so it, it's really not based on our vote. Really, he was selected. He wasn't voted into office. He was selected into office based on the state and the amount of seats that those states have in the electoral, before the electoral college. But it was funny because he was just saying it was um, garbage. He was just saying he tweeted. You know, he tweets everything. You like Tweety Bird. He tweets everything. He tweeted how it was garbage. <laughs> it, was, it was just, he <laughs> was just saying. So, but that's how he was. And I just, I, this is some things that I didn't really, I, I didn't understand, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, okay, so, because, and then all of the states, all of the votes haven't come out yet. So how are you going to say who's president if every vote has not been counted? Y'all mm-hmm. still counting votes? Girl, I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning, and they were still counting. I was like, "Oh Lord, I couldn't stay up any more, any longer than than that." And then to see breaking news: Donald Trump, president-elect. I said, "You have got to be kidding me!" That was a scary moment. Okay. I thought I was still yeah, dreaming. It's so funny. <laughs> Girl, stop it! And then on top of that, they keep running Melania. I don't even know how to pronounce the woman's name. His wife. Uh-huh. Uh, interviews. Either these are interviews that she's currently doing or they're interviews that people are just re-rolling. I have a, I have uh, forgiven my husband for the comment that he made. I'm like, if I hear you say you forgive your husband one more time, sweet cheeks, I need you to get a background. At some point in time, you're going to have to say, I'm not going to keep asking the same, answering the same questions. So if you're going to ask me the same questions, we all need the interview. You can go back mm-hmm. and, and check my archives. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not making her. I think that your first lady, and I think in any relationship, the woman is the backbone. Mm-hmm. Really, if you think about it, it's kind of badass because you have you, they're they were the one people. They are the one person that has that president's ear at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful position. 
Very powerful. I'm going to just tell you about a wife. A, a wife is you can, a wife is a kingmaker because you can build a man up and you can tear him down just by your words mm. because you have mm-hmm. his ear. So can you imagine? Mm. She needs she need to get it together. Sometimes she needs to have, she needs to watch House of Cards, first of all. I'm going to need her to sit down and watch House of Cards and Good Wife and, and get her life a little bit. She needs to get her life for a minute and, and understand the position that she is in. And then she needs mm-hmm. to move accordingly. Find a hobby. Find something they're passionate about, whatever it is. And push it. Find something. And if it's not, find a room to decorate. But stay off the interviews repeating yourself <laughs> 50 million times about the same thing. I can't Everybody got time for that. Everybody got time for that. I said, if I find a room to decorate, I should give my husband. <laughs> I said, yeah, if, if she say, I should give my husband one more time. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Go find a room to decorate. <laughs> this whole, I'm saying find a room to decorate. The whole thing has been a circus. And I, I don't. Oh, and, my and, goodness. See, I'm not really political. I'm not. <laughs> this is, you know, I'm not at all. Really? Let me tell you, no, when you speak and you say whether I'm in office one year, two years, three years, so that tells us you don't plan to be here long. That was just, that's why Pence. It's in the position he's in because he knows that he's going to be president. Mm-hmm. And you probably for the you next four years. You've got to pay attention to the vice president. You've got to pay attention to the vice president. And it's hunting season. And people always say, I'm, I'm always man bashing. I'm not man bashing. I'm just, you know, pro-woman. And it's hunting season. Mm-hmm. And the woman is the backbone in most communities. She raises mm-hmm. the kids. She has her husband's back. She she encourages, she builds, she uplifts, she nurtures jobs. She's like a farmer. Her job is to harvest. Her job is mm-hmm. to grow anything that she touches. And it's hunting season. A, and we are on the chopping block this round. Woman. That's a proper's woman. We are on the, we are on the chopping block. You see what I'm saying? Because in the black community, most of our men are in jail. And if they're not in jail, they, they're they not able to get to a certain point in life. You know, you have some that have gone and they're able to do, but you have some that are not. And the woman is the provider. She's the one that is the security in the family. She's the one that is the um, protector in the family. You see what I'm saying? So if you want to destroy, you go after the woman. Oh, they're coming for us. I don't care if you are a female, mm-hmm. it is hunting season. They are coming for our heads. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Don't send me no emails or inboxes, but that's how I feel. I feel like anything that gives women rights, anything that is pro-woman, I feel is on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. And that's just my opinion. Interesting concept. Have to digest that some. Pro life. He's he's all the way pro. 
He's a lot of well, things. I mean, I'm like learning. all the way to the left. He's yeah, like, he's a lot all, of things. I say all the way to the left. Yeah, he he is a lot of things. I mean, if you just list, mm-hmm. look at his, um, just Google him. I had to Google him because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, something something happened to Trump. I'm sorry, because he 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 he's cuckoo cocoa, cocoa puffs. So something it's going to be some scandal. Some see, he he's a smooth talker. He's an adulteress. Most adulteress is smooth talker. Mm-hmm. He knows that I'm smart enough to be able to cheat on any wife that I have. Pay off the ones that I can pay off. And the ones I can't pay off, the smart ones, I marry them. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. pay them off when I divorce them. But he's smart. <laughs> he knows mm-hmm. how to really kind of keep his businesses busy, except for the mm-hmm. rape trial. That that's another thing. I just I can't. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> but you know something so just I, from my so experience I, with him when we were working uh, when I was working at the New York City Law Department, he just feels that because he is Donald Trump, he comes in and he gets exactly what he wants. And uh that wasn't the case. You know, you can't just he, he come in, he came in with his lawyer, this is what he wants to do. You can't just do that. Just because your name is Donald Trump, that, that that means nothing. You know, you have to still follow the law, but he he was just a big crybaby and this is this is doing business. This mm-hmm. is not this mm-hmm. is years ago. I, I, but you know, you the, the everybody doesn't crybaby. work in Trump world. So it's gonna be interesting to see how how this all unfolds. So just be prepared. That's why I Googled Pierre. Absolutely. That's why I Google Pence because that's the one that's going to to basically be running the country. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, um, it was a failed attempt, but it was still a strong attempt to shut down and defund Planned Parenthood. A lot of people see Planned Parenthood as for abortion. It they do a lot more than that annual checkups mm-hmm. for females. I mean, it's so many things that they do for communities alone, for people who don't have insurance. I mean, and he he went in to take them out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, if you just look at some of the things that he's done, some of his, his records, I, I'm just saying. You know, I, 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 I am aware of look. some of the the things, you know, because Fritz is really involved with a lot of non-for-profit organizations, and they do, like you say, they do do a lot more than just uh, abortions. That's not what they're known for. A cer- among certain people it may be, but overall and in general is not, because they offer so many more services than just that. That just happens to be one of many services that they do offer. And it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that the other services are trumped if you want to use the word, by just that one. Mm-hmm. I'm so. just saying, people, educate yourself. Y'all, we've been rambling and rambling and rambling. We normally don't ramble, but our two guests did not show up, so me and C had to talk that talk. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys tuning in to Let's Chat. We will be back on tomorrow make sure you tune in we have three fabulous guests for tomorrow as well 
We appreciate mm-hmm. you guys. Make sure you hit our archives. And Absolutely. we're going to leave you with a little dinner sparrow. Okay. And we'll see you smile. Thanks, Good everyone. Night.